Welcome to the uh, First of All podcast. Uh, this one's a little different this week. We're recording live on Facebook Live. I made the mistake of posting like literally 30 seconds before I went live that we were going live. So if you missed it, then it's kind of on me a little bit. Uh, for those that are not listening or watching live, uh, I'm also recording as we normally do. And it's actually just McCarty this week. Uh, Nate is traveling for work. And I think his wife is in his car and uh, while they're driving. And I'm pretty sure he is nervous talking in front of his wife. So that's why he can't keep up this week. Um, that's okay. You got me. Uh, and that's probably the better. It's the better half. So you're welcome. Um, this is the first of all podcast. My name's McCarty. Uh, we do this every Thursday. Um, and if you like it, if you like listening to my voice, as I'm sure you do, uh, you should share it. Uh, tell your friends about it. We have a Facebook page. Uh, that we post on every week and uh, hopefully you guys uh, can like that page and share it as well and so um, that's the end of my intro and we're going to jump right into it so the last couple of weeks uh, the last two weeks we talked about more serious topics uh, two weeks ago we talked about um, me and Nate talked about uh, the inheritance cycle um, which I thought was super interesting. I don't know if other people agreed or disagreed or found it boring, but it was fun to talk about. Uh, And then last week we talked about uh, benefits packages and stuff like that for young people, uh, which is also really relevant and fun to talk about. And then we threw in some random stuff there at the end, as we tend to do. Um, But this week we're going to go back to our roots. Uh, We're going to go back to the podcast about nothing. Um, Nothing and everything all at the same time, I would say. Um, so I have, as usual, a couple topics from my life um, that's happened in the last couple of weeks that I feel like you guys need to know about, that we need to discuss, and that we need to learn from. That's what we're here for. We're here to learn. Um, so I'll jump into it, and then we'll talk for about 30 minutes. That's usually how long this goes, <clears throat> and also how long I can talk without my mouth getting super dry and not needing water. Uh, so that's my limit, and we'll, and we'll go to that. Um, I was at the farmer's market this week and uh something okay so we're getting uh some fresh produce as you tend to get at a farmer's market and the guy that checked us out that uh took our money for the produce that we were buying he said something that i don't like when people say uh when you're buying something from them he said I don't even remember what the actual cost is, but I'll just make up a number. He said, the damage is $15. The damage is in the amount of money that it is. And I don't, I don't appreciate that at all. I know that he meant it in a nice way. And like, I guess it is technically damaging my bank account to take money out of it. But don't say it like it's a sin or a crime to buy the, these fresh things of vegetables and and fruit that I bought. It just like, that doesn't make sense. The damage is makes you sound like you bought something illegal and that you're going to get in trouble for it. It also just like puts a negative connotation on what you're excited about. You bought it for a reason and you want it. So why am I getting punished for it by telling me that it's damaging? So if you work in the service industry and you collect money from people and you're going to tell them how much it costs forever, don't say, The damage is. And I don't even know who started that. Whatever they started with had to be something that was actually damaging. Like, I'll give you an example. Let's say 
your hot water heater exploded and it went through your roof and you're a homeowner. Now, if you had to get a quote for the damage on that, it would be the damage is, and then they would tell you the price of it. That would be the only context or something similar to that, that that would make sense. When you're buying bananas and apples and potatoes from the grocery store or a farmer's market in this case, there's nothing damaging about that. It's actually very healthy. It's the opposite of damage. So whatever the damage, the repairs, you can say the repair is because you're repairing your body. That's what I would say he should start with. But forever, don't say the damage is. That's just, it's not a good way to start a purchase. I'll say that. And I was with a friend while I was at this farmer's market. This is a nice segue. So congrats to me on that. Uh, I was with a friend there and this friend, okay, there are people in the world that take pride in things that they do, okay? And I'm one of them. There's a lot of things that I do well that I'm very proud of. There's a lot of things that I don't do well that we don't talk about as much. For this case, we're talking about things that people do well that they take pride in. Okay, but then there's a select few people that don't read their text messages that take pride in that also, which makes no sense. There's people that leave your message on read, or unread, excuse me, on unread for weeks, maybe a month. And I have a friend that he told me today, he told me that he has a list of 20 people, 20 messages or conversations in his phone that are on unread, and that's a low number for him. And I, I, I almost grabbed his face. And I wasn't sure what I would do with it if I did grab his face, but I felt like that was the, that was the appropriate reaction because it makes no sense. Why, if people care about you enough or you're important enough that they have to reach out to you for some specific reason and then you don't have the wherewithal or the love or care of responding to them, I don't think you should be friends with them anymore. I think that's what you have to do. You have to cut it off as a friend. Because those people are rude. And also, maybe they just don't know how to use technology. Maybe you should send them just a flip phone that, or one of those phones that you can only store like a certain amount of numbers in. It has no text or anything. So maybe that's really what they need. Because if they're not going to respond to text messages, then, then you're just doing a, a disservice altogether. He also had uh, unlistened to voicemails. Now, I'll give him some credit. That probably is just like spam callers. And those are annoying. And it's like, if you're going to spam somebody with, and they do, everybody gets it. I don't even understand how they get our information, but everybody gets spam calls. And when you get a voicemail from one of those, it like never starts on time. That's something I've noticed. Like you, you listen to it and you already know it's spam, but it's like, there's just like some urge that you have to listen to it just to find out. Maybe not. Maybe you did win a real cruise or a free car. You know, you should check. I think it's spam for sure, but also maybe there's a chance. So sometimes you can listen to the voicemail and it's like already started. They've already started their spiel. It's like a computer talking and they're like halfway through the sentence. It's like, can you not just train your spam robots to just start after the tone? It clearly tells you when to start. People do it all the time. So just teach the robot how to do that. That makes no sense. Anyway, the point is my friend has all of these voicemails and all these text messages that he's just not reading or listening to it's one thing to leave somebody on read you know like that's a thing in life like a especially in like when you're growing up in high school or middle school and you get left on read 
and that's like a you know that's a sign that like this person doesn't like you or you know you said something wrong and now you got to apologize to them via text you know because no one you can't talk to them in person obviously that would be terrible but you get left on red and that's like a super insulting thing to do so what is what is it about being left on unread that we you know that how are we supposed to interpret that i'm telling you that it's insulting okay I'm telling you that that person doesn't care enough about what you have to say or you as a person to really take take the time to read it or listen to whatever you have to say. Or you've never said anything important in your life and they're like, you know what? I don't care. This is basically spam is what they're thinking. This is basically spam in my text message box. And I don't have time to I don't I don't want to take the time to read it. I'll tell you this. People that are like, oh, my gosh. I'm just like so busy. I just don't, I don't have time. I can't go through all these messages. I can't do it. I just don't, I don't have the time. That's a lie, first of all. Oh, there's, that's, okay, that's where the title comes from for all you new people. First of all comes from me saying it all the time. That's actually the first time I've said it in a long time, I think. Uh, anyway, those people, they got to do something. We got to get them phones with no text messages or they, you need to change your friends. Because they clearly don't care what you have to say. And I, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm bothered by it. I'll tell you where it's most rampant. It's, it's, it's rampant is what I would say. And it's most rampant in uh, people that work in ministry. And that's a fact. All the people, pastors, young life leaders, anybody, anybody in ministry, for some reason, just all the time sucks at texting back. They might, they're pretty good about answering the phone, I would say, because like, when you're in that field you, and, and, and somebody calls you, that means it might be urgent. It might be, you know, something serious might have happened. They got to go to the hospital. They got to go to somebody's house. They got to do something, you know, that's like their job. But when you text them about something, you better believe the Lord is going to come back before they respond. That's, that's just how it is. They're not going to respond. And I don't understand it. It's somewhere, you know, in the, in the job description or the training on how to be a pastor that you just don't respond to text messages. I don't get it. I wish they would tell me. And you know what? Maybe I'm the one that doesn't have anything good to say. Maybe I'm describing myself here. I don't think so. I mean, I got a podcast. Clearly, I got something good to say. So that can't be right. But I think it's just, it's, it's something that you learn in seminary or something. Maybe there's like a, a different version of the Bible that I'm not reading where it says something about not texting back. But it, it's all of them, all of them. And I would love a spokesperson from all pastors in the world to tell me why they do this, because I can't figure it out. But it's, it's frustrating, I'll tell you that. I helped start a church, and the pastor, he sucked, still does, at texting back, and I got words, I got words for him. So whenever I see him next, I'll let him know. One time, he, he, he took forever to text back, so I texted a friend of mine to tell him to text me back. And so what he did was he took a picture with that friend and said, this is me responding to you. And you know what? He never actually answered my question. So, yes, he did, I guess, acknowledge that I texted him after I had to send a messenger like Harry Potter with his owls. But he never actually answered my question. So really, he didn't respond. I'm still waiting. I'm like a spam caller waiting on people to answer the phone because I got free cruises and cars to give away. And he won't know. He'll never know because he won't respond. So if you guys know who I'm talking about, let him know. And I actually think he listens to this podcast every now and then. He knows. Okay. He knows who I'm talking about. 
something, the new hobby that I've taken on, uh, I've been on planes a lot. I moved to Atlanta, as you guys know, and um, I really haven't spent like that much time in Atlanta. Uh, not like on purpose. It's not like I hate Atlanta, so I can't wait to get away. That's not true. But I've just been traveling a lot and not even for work, just like personal. I work remotely, so I can kind of work from anywhere. So I've took, taken the time to go see like friends and family when I can. And one thing that doesn't need Wi-Fi when you're on a plane is crossword puzzles. And I have this baller crossword puzzle app. And I'm not going to tell you which one it is because it doesn't matter. But there's a, a million of them. But this crossword puzzle app has easy ones. And your boy needs easy. Okay. Because the fact of the matter is crossword puzzles are too hard. They are. And you can, you can find them in a newspaper if anybody reads the newspaper anymore. I doubt very many people are getting physical copies of, of crossword puzzles or uh, newspapers anymore. But the ones that are in the newspaper are especially hard because those are for like old people. You know, they've been doing them for years. They've been doing them so long, they've probably seen the same one a couple of times. They just repeat them. You know, we've done all of them in the world and they've already seen all of them. But they're way too hard. They're, they're too vague on the, on the uh, whatever they call it, the hints or the questions or whatever you want to call them. They're way too vague. I, I mean, half of them are one word. And you're supposed to like come up with some kind of synonym or word association. One of them said kind, K-I-N-D. Like, well, first of all, that word has four different definitions. So how am I knows which one, how am I supposed to know which one is the right one? And secondly, give me more. I mean, what, what, are we, what, are, what are you trying to prove here? That you're the crossword puzzle author is smarter than me? Like, I, yeah, I, I can tell you that now. If they just put a multiple choice answer at the beginning of it and said, All right, am I smarter than you? I'll just circle yes. And then we could be done with that. The, the, the hints are way too hard. Too vague for one. Like, give me a, like a complete sentence. Or give me like a Jeopardy thing. You know, even Jeopardy gives you like multiple words and then you can like, you know, use some interpretation to figure out the answer. But I mean, these crossword puzzles are too hard. I probably, I don't know. I don't know how many I've tried on the app. It's been a lot more recently. Uh, I would say I probably tried maybe 30. And if I get through like the first, maybe, I don't know, six or seven, nah, more than that, like 14 or 15 hints. And I haven't like gotten maybe 50% of them. I just X out of it. Screw it. I'm not doing it. It's too hard. I'm already behind. There's no way I can catch up. I'm done. I'm done with it. So if I get like maybe, you know, 10 out of the first 15, I'll keep doing it. That's why I've tried so many. And there's like a million of them on this app. So I can, you know, all day I could do them. But the thing about it is in my life before now, I've probably done like maybe a hundred total in my whole life. Tried or even looked at like a hundred of them in my life. And I've completed, I'm not even kidding, including the 30-ish that I've done recently, I may have completed uh, four of them. Four. And let me tell you, I'm one of the smartest people I know in the whole world, okay? The, the authors of the crossword puzzle are clearly smarter than me, and I admit that, but I know a lot of useless stuff, just useless. And that's basically what a crossword puzzle is. It's just useless information that you don't need and you just try to you know piece it together like a little puzzle. And I don't know why they make them so hard. I don't, I don't ever want to, like, I, I want to get in the mind of people like that. But, like, make them for, you know, make them completable. They should have a section for, like, you know, if, you, if you're looking to kill, like, 
four hours, you know, if you're going from Atlanta to L.A., they, you know, they got a section for that. But if you're looking to go Atlanta to Nashville, which is like a, I don't know, 45 minute flight, if that, like, let's have a section for that. You know, I mean, I don't want to spend 45 minutes on it either. The ones that I've completed, I think, took like 10 minutes. But like, let me get through a couple of them. You know, it's more fun to do, you know, more. Everybody wants to see scoring more. That's why soccer is not loved in America. I mean, some of you guys are going to disagree with that. But the reason that people don't like watching soccer is because they don't score enough. Okay. If you know anything about baseball, like people want to see a 12 to 10 baseball game or baseball score instead of a no hitter. Let me trust me when I say that no hitters are not any fun. to Very hard. Not any fun to watch. So that's the thing, you know, compared to crossword puzzles, people want to complete a bunch of them. You know, let me do three, four, five of them in my, in my flight instead of, you know, one, maybe, one, maybe. And I'm sitting here scrolling through 50 of them, okay? And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to wear out my welcome with crossword puzzles, okay? Because I am recently into them. You know, I did Sudoku. I'm a master at that. You know, you can, you can pick that up in like a week. And just, you know, you've done all of them. They're all the same, pretty much. You might get like a few less numbers to start with, and that makes it harder, but I could do it. I could do Sudoku's easy. Solitaire. I got this Solitaire app that's 200 different Solitaires. First of all, who, who's got time for that? I mean, why, why do we have that many? But I've, I've done most of them, to be honest with you. And I'm a master at all those, so done with that. I got a word search app. And let me tell you, word searches never get old. I don't care how old you are. I've been doing word searches since I was three, probably. And I, I did one last night as a 24-year-old. So they never get old. And there's not really much you can learn from them. I'm not really sure the point of them. We used to have them in, uh, in like, uh, middle school. And it would have our, like, science vocabulary, you know, which I don't even know what the vocabulary was. I think science was probably one of them. Like, you're just now learning what that is. But, like, what are you supposed to learn? You know, you put a bunch of words that are, like, mixed up and you got to find them. But, like, it didn't tell me the definition. All I did was, like, strain my eyes for a long time. I don't know. I, I, I see no point in them, but they are really, really fun. And I, I highly recommend them. They don't take up that much time. I'm doing, like, hard-level ones in, like, two minutes. So that's, like, a lot if you're going from Atlanta to L.A., but, you know, maybe stick to crossword puzzles. They're enraging, but maybe maybe you can go back to that. Uh, something that we don't talk about nearly enough, really because it like, it's only known for one time a year. Okay, and we're not talking about holiday here, though I could talk about holidays. Uh, spelling bees. Okay, we know what they are. Uh, we, we've all participated probably more than once in our lives, in our lives, uh, my first one that I participated in, I think was, let's see, it was fifth grade. I'll never forget it. Uh, we were in the library. I'd say there's probably like 50 people in it uh, from my school, fifth and sixth graders. Um, so in, t- uh, well, in my hometown, they do schools where we had intermediate schools which is like you go K to four in elementary school and then you have an intermediate school, which is fifth and sixth. Then you go to middle school, seventh and eighth, and then high school. Makes no sense 
No one else does it that way. And they did away with it, actually, after I left. So, clearly, it didn't make sense. I don't know if my class was like a product of it failing miserably or what, but some, for some reason, I got rid of it after we stopped. Anyway, so there was like 50 people in this room in the library, and we were all in a big circle, okay, which is not how the professional spelling bee on ESPN goes. So let me just acknowledge that. We were doing our own format, and it was terrifying, Okay, you get this crazy complicated word that you have to spell in front of people like they're I mean, it's spelling bees in front of people, but it's your classmates in a circle. Okay, and we were supposed to spell these words with everybody looking at you, all these people that, you know, and you're already, you know, it's fifth grade. If you got selected to go to the spelling bee, they're like, okay, that's the nerdy kids, obviously, or the kids that are trying way too hard in class. You're already like a little bit ashamed of yourself. And you got to go in there and spell these words that you never heard of in front of all these people. And then when you don't get it right, it's a big like red buzzer that kicks you out, which is honestly the most degrading thing. And then you got to walk back to your class. Your classmates know you just left 10 minutes ago and you're already back. That means clearly you lost. It's just it was a whole day of humiliation. And if you haven't picked up on it, I did not win. Okay, as a matter of fact, I got out in the first round and I specifically remember the word. And I'm going to say the word, and I know how to spell it today, but there's going to be some of you people that don't know how to spell it, okay? And I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to spell it, and if I butcher it, then so what, because I lost already. But the word was bouquet, all right? And now, you have to remember, too, that I grew up in the South, and I have a Southern accent, and there's a lot of words that the way you say them is not actually how you spell it. And bouquet is, is, is one of those. I think it, it sounds like it might be French, who knows, really? I mean, no one really says that word a lot unless you're going to a wedding or something or maybe planning a wedding. B-O-U-Q-U-E-T, I think, is the right way. And I'm not going to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that's right. So I don't remember how I spelled it. I remember leaving there thinking I knew how to spell that, but I, I caved. I caved under the pressure, and it's my fault. I think I spelled it B-O-Q-U-E-T. I forgot this, the U, the first U. And it's a tricky word, you know, it's a little bit unlucky. I think there were people that got like the word family. You know, it's like, come on, we, we grew up in a family. Of course we know how to spell that. I didn't grow up with flowers. I'm not gonna know how to spell bouquet. And it's like real simple stuff. So it's kind of luck of the draw, but that's life kind of. It's kind of a lesson in life. Uh, but the reason I bring it up is that if you, if you remember this year, the, the National Spelling Bee was on ESPN as it is every year. And it's the same guy that reads the, um, reads the words. Apparently, he's the only person in America that can pronounce all the words. And he has great, you know, he sounds great. He's got a great voice for it. He's, it I mean, he's there like nine hours. So, and he, like, his, his stamina is amazing, clearly. But it's the same guy. But this year was the first year that they've ever had a split prize. And I don't know what the prize is. I'm sure it's scholarship money of some amount. I don't know what it is. But all these kids get scholarship money and they're like 11. Like they don't even, they're not even sure they're going to college yet. And if they are, it's a long way off. We don't even know if college is going to be around in seven, eight years. But they're giving them scholarship money. I hope it, you know, gains interest. They'll be rich by the time they get there. Anyway. They had a split prize. Okay, I think there were six. There were six kids that made it to the final round and they just wouldn't 
they wouldn't lose. They were all like so good at spelling that they like quite literally ran out of stamina to like keep giving them words. I don't think they ran out of words. Like that would be crazy. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I, I don't think that's what happened. But they just were like, all right, you guys are too good. Like we're just done with it. ESPN's gone over on the telecast by like three hours and we don't want to do this anymore. Like you get just all of you win. You can fight it out in the back and see who gets to take the trophy on, but we're done with it. That's essentially what happened. Now, I don't agree in competition, in any competition with ties. Like even the NFL, the world's biggest sporting league and the biggest sport in the world. Well, I wouldn't even say that. That might not be true. Soccer is probably up there. But anyway, a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar organization with the NFL and they have ties. I don't even get that for a little bit. So if I don't get that, I'm definitely not going to get people tying in a spelling bee. And here's the thing. We got to make these spelling bees harder. There's only X amount we can do with the words, obviously. There's only X amount of English words in the world. So that part... You know, there's a cap to it. There just is. But what we can do is make the process of spelling the word harder. Okay? Make them do a handstand and spell it. Or make them do it one letter at a time. Each, All six of them get there. They got to spell one word. Whoever gets the letter wrong in order, they lose. You know, and then you move on to the next one. That would be a fun way to do it. Make them spell it in 10 seconds. You hear the word, you get 10 seconds, and you got to spell it. Or make them spell it backwards. I think that would be, like, enragingly difficult. I mean, that would be very hard to do. I don't know. Those kids are geniuses. Maybe they could figure it out. But I just think you have to get creative. There's just no way we can keep going just naming words. And then they get, like, there is a time limit, but it's, like, crazy long. I think it's, like, 10 minutes. I mean, it's it's stupid long. And then they get like the language of origin, they get synonyms, antonyms, they get all this stuff. And like, you know what? Screw it. Don't give them any of it. You get you get the word, you get one minute to think about it, and then you gotta spell it. You get you no no auxiliary questions. Or if you ask an auxiliary question, it makes your time go down. That could be a good one. I don't disagree that you need the like language of origin or you need like all the other information. I'm sure it is relevant. I don't care. Like I'm not gonna do it, but I think that that is probably relevant. So it's, I feel bad if you don't get to give them that stuff, but that would make it interesting. If you really want to know who's the best speller without like extra information, that's the way to do it. It's like you get, you get the question or you get the word, you get one minute to think about it and draw on the back of your name tag like they always do with their finger, and then you got to spell it. I think that's how they should do it. And that's a very important thing, okay? The Spelling Bee is a one-time-a-year event and millions of people watch it. I watch it. I don't know why. I don't know why I watch it, but I do. And a lot of you guys do too. So I think we have to take a stand as spelling bee watchers to really dig deep and, and get the best champion. Because we are we can't split six prizes. We just can't do it. It's not a good lesson in life. You don't go to a job that has one position and then they just give it to six people. They don't. Well, some, <laughs> my former employer does that, but that's for a different conversation. I just think that we're teaching, we're sending the wrong message to these kids, first of all. Secondly, it's not fun to split the winner six ways. You don't go to the Olympics 
and the gymnast, you know, the, the, the balance beam, they tie. That doesn't happen. So why are we doing it in, in, in a spelling bee? Okay, let's be consistent with the rest of the world here. Okay, I'll take a deep breath there. Spelling bees get me a little heated. You know how I am with about the spelling bees. All right, our time is wrapping up. You can see it in the top right, actually. I just noticed that uh, we're at 28 minutes and 25 seconds. So we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, it's been a pleasure. This is something new uh, that I've never done before. Um, it's probably only possible when I'm you know, by myself. Uh, it'd be hard to do Facebook Live. I don't even know if you can do it, like with Nate not being near me. Um, but it's been fun to do it, and I'm sure we'll do it more often. Uh, again, this is McCarty, and uh, my good friend Nate is usually with me. He's not here with me. Uh, and this is the first of all podcast. We do this every Thursday. Sometimes we record on Wednesdays, and we like you guys to know that because we're not liars. Uh, but this time it is on a Thursday. It's actually pretty late on a Thursday. Um, but if you, if you enjoyed this, like it, share it, tell your friends about it. Um, we just do this for fun, and we do have a good time with it, so hopefully you do too. And we will see you guys again next week.